Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Happy Labor Day. And thanks for listening to this special Best of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio. Hey, good morning, and welcome to this uh, Labor Day special edition of Mornings with Carmen. Today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day comes from Acts chapter 20. It's verse 35, but I want to read it in context. So let's go back and grab verse 34 as well. Paul is speaking here. He says, You know that these hands of mine have worked to supply my own needs and even the needs of those who were with me. And I've been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So on this Labor Day, how are we applying the works of our hands to the blessing of others? That's a good question to ask ourselves. Hey, first up this hour, the conversation I had with Sally Burke from Moms in Prayer about all of us getting back to prayer as we get back to school. Golden rule days, reading and writing and arithmetic, taught to the tune of I was your girl in Calico. You awaken my heart, awaken my soul, awaken your power and take control. Awaken the passion. Excited to have Sally Burke, president of Moms in Prayer, join us today. Sally, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Oh, it's so good to be with you. Well, we um, we appreciate Moms in Prayer and all that you um, and other moms are doing. For people who are not familiar with Moms in Prayer, can you can you just introduce them to the ministry? Oh, I'd love to. Moms in Prayer is where two or more women gather together one hour once a week, and we pray. We pray for the children. We pray for the schools. Our mission is to impact children and schools for Christ worldwide as we gather women together. Our vision is that every school worldwide would be covered in prayer. Currently, you know, we meet locally, like in Temecula. There are several groups that pray for many schools. And we're in 160, over 160 countries right now, currently, and in all 50 states. So when you just think about the number of schools that there are, just in my own community, like I'm just thinking about, all right, there's um, there's a daycare, a couple of daycares, there's an elementary school, um, there's a middle school, there's a couple of high schools, there's a private school, there's a charter school. I mean, I'm thinking that each and every one of those um, you know, can have a moms in prayer group and a group can be two moms plus plus Jesus. Right. I mean, like it's and That's anybody right. can do this. And so we want to invite you to check it out. Go to moms in prayer dot org moms in prayer dot org. Um, if you're not already actively engaged in a prayer ministry related to a school close to you, we want today to be the day that that changes so that um, the the children, the administrators, the teachers, the parents, the neighbors, everybody related to that school um, gets prayed for through this ministry. 
So talk with us, Sally, about, um, you know, okay, so I'm going to get together with another mom. We're going to pray one hour once a week for, um, you know, a particular school. Are we going to maybe, I don't know, walk the perimeter of the campus? What are we, what are we going to do? What, what's, what's my experience going to be when I get together to do this? Well, first I want to tell, like when I started, I didn't even know how to pray. So I went to somebody's house. Usually that's where we meet or a church, or if it's a private school, they'll open up a classroom because they want you to be praying for them. And so you come into that group and that mom, uh, the leader of that group already has a prayer sheet ready for you. So when I walked in, they did four simple yet powerful steps of prayer. We always begin with praise by looking up to who our God is. We praise him by name, by attribute, by character, who he says he is according to his word, time of silent confession to confess all of our fears, or maybe we lost it on our kids that day. Thanksgiving, every week we witness amazing answers to prayer from the simplest of a kindergarten learning to tie a shoe to revival where 91 kids fell on their faces to receive Jesus um, on their school campus locally. Um, Just amazing answers to prayer. So we thank God for that. And then we intercede using God's word. How do we know God's going to answer our prayer if we pray according to his will? And so we put our child's name in scripture. We put teacher's names in our scriptures. We have an incredible time right here, right now to impact that school campus. And we do it through prayer. So Whoever's listening, come, you don't even need to know how to pray. God will teach you. He tells us in scripture, when we know not how we ought to pray, the Holy Spirit always prays through us. And I'm a testimony to that. And most of the moms in prayer, women are a testimony to that, that they learned to pray as they took their children to the very throne room of God with another mom coming alongside of them. I love that. I'm imagining that the relationships that are forged over time and over years as you're praying by name for children and for teachers, for school administrators, um, for particular prayer requests that are lifted up. I, I imagine that the relationships that are forged over time are a real blessing as well. Oh, they're everlasting. They're everlasting uh, friendships. We fall in love with each other's children. We're for each other's children. But your relationship with God, your relationship with Jesus grows. And what's so amazing to me is like our elementary school campus, uh, we started praying for them, and, and pretty soon the teachers and the principals, even those that weren't Christians, started sending us prayer requests. Well, pretty soon they began to see answers to prayer. Um, we witnessed 14 out of those 22 public school teachers come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We prayed for each child by name, and so we got to witness as Good News Club came on that campus, and over 100 kids every single month would come and hear. Um, and many of them received Jesus today. They're teachers, they're preachers, you know, their moms and dads who love Jesus, impacting this world for Christ. So it's mind-boggling what we can do. Mm. You know, God tells us, put on that full armor of God. He doesn't go say, go slay. He says, go pray. Uh, that, That school's not our enemy, that those teachers aren't our enemies. It's an opportunity to lift them up to the very throne room of God and pray and watch God transform that school. And it just takes two. And groups sometimes grow. My, my vocal group right now is we have 25 women in that group because it just grows and expands and you can't help but tell testimonies. I've even had principals go from one school to another, go, can you get me a mom's and prayer group for this new school I'm going to? So mm. it, it, it's just amazing to witness. And right now, every school needs prayer. It needs great prayer. Um, God is always victorious. He always leads us, but he tells us we have not 
because we ask not. And we need to battle for the lives and the souls of those on our campuses. Mm, I love that. We're talking with Sally Burke. She's president of Moms in Prayer. You can connect with Sally and Moms in Prayer and all of the resources at Moms in, in Prayer, Moms in Prayer. Dot O-R-G. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge, and this is Faith Radio. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, This is a community of believers, and we gather together here, and we all need prayer. And, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com, and then be assured of our prayers for you in the Spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com. We make a miracle walker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Returning to our conversation with Sally Burke, president of Moms in Prayer. Some of you are asking, um, yeah, the website is pretty simple. Moms, plural, in, I-N, prayer, dot O-R-G. Moms in prayer, dot O-R-G. Um, Sally, talk with us about what the Lord is teaching you. I mean, open our eyes to see what you see. Well, you get to see how big our God, how sovereign our God is, how tender our God is. And you really get to know who he is. So every week uh, when I would lead a group, I go, okay, God, what name, what attribute, what character of God do we battle for the lives of the children, the teachers, the ministrators? And, you know, it, it could be like one, one time he said, the Lord, our banner. And um, so I was curious, Lord, why the Lord our banner and our principal, who wasn't a Christian at the time, comes running up to me and he goes, Sally, Sally, you would not believe how your God answered so many prayers. The kids were protected. He goes, it was almost like there was an umbrella over us. And and it's just amazing. And he would share how one child ran in front of a car, but the car stopped in time. He went over and over again. But just that God is control. And he wants us to partner with him for, for a great revival, a great spiritual awakening. It's amazing. As the world's shaken, all over the world it's shaken, we have mm-hmm. an opportunity to tell the world who our God is. And, and we can do it as we pray, as we share answers to prayer, as we share who our God is. So I think that's something I, I'm seeing. And God all over the world is the same God. So we use these four steps and it doesn't matter what country, what language you speak. Um, if you're a preschool mom to a great grandma, or we have three country coordinators who are not moms, but the children of that nation are their children and they're battling for them. It doesn't matter what denomination you're in, as long as you believe um, in our statement of faith and the word of God, and then you can join us. And, and these four steps of prayer transcends all of that and it unleashes God's power to do his will here on this earth. And there's so much 
God wants to do. He is raising up a mighty generation. I believe it could be one of the greatest revivals and the spiritual awakens we have ever seen. I was just in Dallas, Texas with 10,000 um, students. And I got to tell them that mm. we're praying for them and they just were cheering. And then we prayed the word of God over them. And they just lifted their hands and they would come up to us but after and say, thank you. And they continue just lifted their arms and say, pray for me more, pray for me more. And whoever's listening, whatever woman is listening, that's what this generation is saying to you. Pray for me, pray for me. And you, you can easily do that by joining a group and you don't have to be a mom, just a woman that's called to pray for the children in the schools. I love that. Um, Sally, when you talk about, um, well, first of all, when you talk, I hear the resonance of, of things that you have written coming forward. I mean, when you talk about being unshaken and, and the way the world is shaken right now, I'm thinking about the book that you wrote by that title, Unshaken, experience the power and the peace of a life of prayer. Um, and then when you talk about, you know, God raising them up, raising up a generation, I'm thinking of uh, of your more recent book, Raise Them Up, Praying God's Word Over Your Kids. I'd like for you to take us a little bit into that, Praying God's Word Over Our Kids, um, because you talk about doing that. And I'm just wondering if maybe you could just demonstrate it. Use your own child's name and and lead us into what that looks like to pray God's Word over our kids. Oh, oh, I would love to do that. And and I'll, I'll start with the story of how God really showed me that as far as the heavens are above the earth or God's ways above our ways. And his word goes forth, as it says in Isaiah 55, and never comes back a void. And I, my, my oldest boy was playing baseball on that. And he was sitting on the bench a lot. I'm like, oh, may he hit a home run. May he do this. May he do that. And show that coach so he can play. But in Moms in Prayer group, we were praying things like this. May he be completely humble and do all things without complaining and grumbling, but being pure and innocent child of God, holding out the word of life. And his coach came up to me one time and he goes, your son's a Christian boy, isn't he? I said, how can you tell that? And he said, because he does all things without grumbling, complaining. Mm. Mm. And, and, and so God knows he created each one of our kids for an incredible calling, incredible destiny. He's chosen right here, right now for this period of time to be like Daniel. So like when I pray such things as may they love God with like, let's say I say me, Ryan love you with all his heart, his mind, his soul, and his strength and love others as he loves himself. Well, God's going to answer that prayer. That's his will. You know, that's, that, that's what his desire is. These other things that I think, you know, he may be good for him. You know, sometimes we see a yes in that. Sometimes we see a no. But in his word, his promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Sometimes it takes 30 years. There are many women out there who have prodigals. And as we continue to pray for them, they come back. When they come back, they come back on fire for Christ. And you'll read that in the Unshaken book. And I wrote the Unshaken book because the world was so shaken, yet I was seeing testimony after testimony after testimony. It didn't matter if they lived in Africa, if they lived in a high rise in Europe, if they lived in South America, North America, Asia, it did not matter. God was answering prayer and moving women in amazing ways. Even in the communist countries, they, the women have raised up and, and, and they continue to lift their kids up in prayer, knowing God's going to answer it because they're praying his word. Sally, um, there are people listening right now who do not believe that, um, that God is going to make good on his promises. 
And I know you have, you know, an endless number of testimonies to share, um, to prove them wrong, to literally prove them wrong. Um, And so as a way of inspiring us to pray, because God is the one to whom we pray and who has the power to answer, and he's going to do so according to his will and word, um, would you... Would you speak directly to that person right now who has somehow lost their um, willingness to pray because they've lost their confidence in the goodness of God? Yes, yes. Oh, dear precious mama or woman, whoever is out there and you feel like you're in the midst of the valley, in the midst of the desert, God has not left you nor forsake you. He wants to wrap his everlasting arms around you. He wants to carry you through this time. He is hearing and he's answering his your prayers according to his timing. And I think that's what's so hard. And I think that's a gift of moms in prayer. There were times when I would come into my moms in prayer group and it could be when my oldest son just had a grand mal seizure or something else. And I'm seeing the situation and my faith is weak. That other mom comes right next to me just and lifts up my arms in prayer and and continues to pray with that faith that faith that i need and and that 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 prayer that just comes through her and um, that strengthens me to continue to pray and I, I love in Proverbs where he says two is stronger than one and three is, is even stronger. And that's what we find out in moms in prayer. There, there's a lot of moms and moms in prayer where their kids right now are in that prodigal stage, that stage where they're not walking with God. And, and in fact, I heard from a young lady when I was in Dallas at Together 22, and she came up to me and she goes, it wasn't too long ago that I hated God. And she goes, yet yeah, today. I love him with all my heart and can't help but share him. And I said, did you have a pray mom? She was, yes. And I go, did she happen to be a mom's in prayer? She goes, yes, she's a mom's in prayer mom. And I said, she never gave up on you. She kept on praying for you. And those other moms kept on praying with her for you. And, and she gets that and is very, very grateful for that. So you're in the midst of the storm. It's confusing. We don't understand it, but yet God is faithful and he wants to pour forth the love. And, and I would say to you, I, I would pray this prayer uh, that God uh, would fill you to your inner being, that you would know the height, the depth, the width, the length, the love of Christ. So you could be filled up to complete fullness of him. And may he do immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine according to his power's work within you. May he be glorified as he answer prayer after prayer, but don't give up. Jesus told us, don't give up. Keep on praying. It's just a, just a prayer away that answered a prayer. But come, come be a part of Moms in Prayer. We know that pain. We know that suffering. We've all been there. Yet we've seen incredible answers to prayer. The prodigals are coming home. God is hearing and answering prayer. I want to invite you to um, hook up with Sally and all the other Moms in Prayer at momsinprayer.org. No matter where you are around the world and in every um, community in the United States, there is either already a Moms in Prayer group or one waiting for you to be the one who initiates it. So momsinprayer.org is your connecting point. You can also find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But I'm just going to recommend you go directly to the website, momsinprayer.org. Sally Burke, thank you so much um, for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure and delight. Let's uh let's get um let's get prayers happening out there for every school in every community worldwide. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge and this is Faith Radio. This is a 
about all of the good works that you might do today. What's on the list, even on this Labor Day? Surely there are good deeds God has prepared in advance for us to do. Chris Mason has been looking around for some good deeds to do on God's behalf uh, for the people of Ukraine. We're going to listen again to the conversation we had with Chris about getting ambulances to Ukraine. I just love this story. It's a great testimony of applying the goodness of God's resources to the real concerns of life. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge, and this is Faith Radio. It's like the brightest sunrise waiting on the Chris Manson is joining us now. I saw um, Chris featured on CNN, and I thought to myself, I want to talk to that guy. So, Chris, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you. So, okay, talk with us about how this started. Your seven-year-old daughter asked a question. So can we start there and you just tell us the story? Yeah, sure. So, you know, like many people watching the news, you know, as the war began in uh, end of February, early March, and I've got a seven-year-old daughter, and so as we'd be watching the t- uh, the news or whatever, I try and quickly turn the channel when certain things would show up that would be you know inappropriate. Somebody you know is seriously injured or unfortunately killed or whatever, and you know my daughter was quick enough to catch different things, and so she that started a conversation. We started talking about Ukraine, and before you know it, we were praying, uh, sitting down for dinner or whatever. We'd say a few prayers for you know the people suffering in Ukraine and stuff, and. And that eventually evolved pretty quickly into, gosh, is there anything that can be done? You know, I wish I could do more. And this is, you know, this is my seven-year-old saying, you know, gosh, I, those poor kids, I wish I could do something to help them. And You know, as we were talking more and more, it just, you know, resonated with me. And being a dad wanting to do right by your daughter, and um, I used to be a volunteer firefighter, used to be in the military, um, I worked in Catholic health care, just kind of started thinking, gosh, is there something that could be done? And eventually, beginning of March, kind of settled on this idea of, well, geez, I wonder if they need ambulances. I'd, I'd seen that they'd been blown up on TV or, you know, see, seen the Russians had been destroying them and, you know, seeing the horror stories and stuff. So, you know, kind of had this crazy idea, and, and I'll admit it's definitely a crazy idea. Hey, maybe we can fill an ambulance full of medical supplies and somehow get it to Ukraine and they can use it. And it was kind of with that idea that I reached out to the uh, Ukrainian consulate in Chicago. I'm in Illinois and, you know, left them a message, I think like seven or eight o'clock at night and just said, hey, I don't even know if you need this. Maybe the Red Cross has it covered or other, you know, charity groups have it covered. But if, if this sounds like a good idea, let me know. Well, they called me back at like 11 o'clock at night the same night and said, yeah, we need your ambulance. We need all the supplies you can get us. When can you have it there? And think about that moment, I realized, ooh, I think I might have just committed to getting uh, the Ukrainians an ambulance and I didn't have one yet or the supplies. So I said, I better go figure that one out. So yeah, I, I um, love the I love the way that you tell the part where you're like, you know, I saw them using DHL DHL delivery vans to move people, you know, out of an area. Um, and I thought to myself, this could be better. Like, right. And you made exactly, some calls. Yeah. 
So what happened when you made the first call? Well, you know, it's, and it's really cool. I mean, this is the thing that you're going to, that I've experienced over and over again. So I call, I'm looking for an ambulance. Um, I reach out to somebody, the local ambulance company here, um, an individual I've met with a few times in, in my business dealings. And I said, Hey, I've got this crazy idea. I'd like to send an ambulance over to Ukraine. I don't have an ambulance. Would you, do you, do you have one that you could possibly donate? I know it's crazy. And his response was, and it was immediate, do you want gas or diesel? I love that. No hesitation. I have to tell you, that's the, that's the part of the story where I'm just like, that's the spirit, right? Like people are Absolutely. waiting to be asked and God planted this notion within you. And he also, Chris, you know, he, he has orchestrated your life in such a way that you did have these relationships and you did have this access and you have had these experiences so that when these divine appointments came along, you were able to not only see them, but you were able to turn in the right direction and ask the right people the right questions to participate in this. And so so tell us about that first ambulance. And then there have been more from Tennessee, Minnesota, Ohio, North Dakota, and then others since then. So I want to celebrate some of those places and spaces as well. But finish the story yeah. about the very first one and then how it got filled up, because that's another part of the story. Yeah. So like I said, I work in Catholic healthcare. So, you know, once I had the ambulance, I reached out to my employer, which luckily is uh, a, a bunch of sisters that are operating our health system. And I said, hey, just want to give you a heads up. I, I kind of feel like I've got this calling to do something. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I might end up going to Ukraine at some point. I might be taking an ambulance over to Ukraine, but I'd like OSF to donate some supplies if that's if there's an interest. And of course, the sisters said, well, if you've got a calling and you feel Christ's calling, you've got to do it and we'll support you. Go right ahead. And yeah, of course, we can fill it up with um, supplies. And not only did we, they fill it up with supplies, but we took that first ambulance. We parked it in front of our, um, our ministry headquarters. We invited our mission partners, our empl- fellow employees, to come in and bring Quick Clot, which is a clotting agent that you can buy at a hardware store, at a sporting goods store or something, which is needed in Ukraine. You're shot. They pour this clotting material on and it seals up the wound to stop the bleeding so very important stuff so we parked this ambulance out front of our headquarters and boy i tell you mission partners came and came and came and they filled that ambulance full of supplies in addition to the corporate the supplies that the company provided um, and then we had the uh, ambulance blessed and from there we were able to connect with another organization out of chicago the ukrainian medical association of north america and on March 29th, we put that first ambulance on a 747-800 out of Chicago O'Hare Airport. And again, even getting to, we're on the airplane. It's 11 o'clock at night at O'Hare. I'm working with these guys, you know, that, that load airplanes for for a living. It's late at night. It's cold, and everyone's just doing their thing. The moment they saw that ambulance, and I, they said, well, "What's this for?" And I told them, "It's going to Ukraine. It's been blessed by a priest. It's, you know, explain some of the stuff." They started taking pictures with it. They started touching it like it was special. And you could just see everything change. And that was a very moving moment for me. And it's, again, this whole journey, it's been little experiences like that over and over and over again, which it's a horrible war. It's an extremely, I mean, it's demoralizing to see what's happening there. But there's definitely a bright bit of sunshine or a... um, there's definitely a great moment because you can see the good in humanity or in people when you see what they're doing to help get these ambulances from the United States to Ukraine. And for me, that's been incredibly uplifting. 
So we're talking with Chris Manson. He is the vice president of government relations for OSF Healthcare in Peoria, Illinois. You can find more of what we're talking about related to uh, this effort to get ambulances from here in the United States across the pond to the people of Ukraine who need them desperately and how to load them up with the kinds of supplies that Chris is talking about today. They're on Twitter at ambulances, plural, and then the letter U, ambulances U. So think about like ambulances Ukraine, but ambulances U on Twitter. Um, or if you want to reach out to me, I will uh, be sure and put you in touch with Chris because maybe you're thinking to yourself, hey, I have an ambulance. I live in a town with an extra ambulance or I work for um, a healthcare organization that has some ambulances that are, you know, they might be old. They might be retired. They might be offline. They can be put to use and re-equipped and loaded up. Uh, and they can be sent to the front lines. Um, Chris, let's talk about some of the other places um, who have you know gotten on board with this. You know, because folks once once they started you know understanding what was happening, more and more ambulances have been um, contributed. So let's just talk about some of the places that those have come from. Yeah, absolutely. And and let me just tell you, right now, um, I've got there's four on a ship. So we have seven in Ukraine right now. There's four on a ship. That are heading over. That's they're on the Atlantic Ocean right now, heading over. So that gets me to eleven. I've got another six that have basically I will have in the next week or two, and I have another four or so pledged after that in September. So I'm at about we're about twenty right now, which is great, considering we started it with one. So we've gotten ambulances from Tennessee, as you mentioned, Ohio, North Dakota, um, Minnesota, Illinois. I'm talking to people in, in other parts of the country, in Virginia, uh, California, um, Texas. So, you know, the potential there is for for these ambulances to come from all over. And as you pointed out, I'm if someone has an ambulance, um, I appreciate you did the pitch for me. We'll take them um, as long as they're running. We we will take them. And and I got to tell you, I've been to Ukraine now twice since we loaded up the first one. I went in April, and I just got back in July, and. The Ukrainians love the American ambulances. The good thing about them is they're a little bit bigger than what they're used to, so they can put basically two prone or critically injured people laying flat. They can carry a couple walking wounded in the jump seats, and they still have room for a medic to be working in the back in case they need to to tend to or as they're tending to the people. So um, our ambulances, even though we might be sending used ambulances over, they're much better than what um, they've they've had traditionally. And um, the need, I mean, when I was there in July, they said, you know, really, if you can get us 50, that would be great. Now, I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. if we'll get 50, but it just goes to point out that I could send another 20 or 30 and they'll still they'll still need them because they're losing about seven a day. You know, I won't go into details, but I will tell you one of the people that um, we're sending one ambulance to a particular area and one of the commanding officers that had requested an ambulance and sent me a letter and said, hey, you know, we'd really appreciate it if you could help us out. Unfortunately, he was killed this past weekend in combat. Mm. So these ambulances are going to the areas that are in conflict right now um, as either the Ukrainians are trying to push the Russians out of areas that have been taken over or as the Russians continue to try and assault certain parts of Ukraine. So, um, you know, this isn't theoretical. This isn't they're going to just go there and be in some back part of the country. These ambulances will be transporting wounded, injured individuals that have been uh, hurt in combat. 
We're going to continue our conversation with Chris Manson. He's the Vice President of Government Relations for OSF Healthcare in Peoria, Illinois. We're talking about uh, the effort to send ambulances to Ukraine. More in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. All right, if you're listening right now and you don't know, you don't know if your town, your community, your hospital, your um, hospital network has some decommissioned ambulances sitting around. Yeah, maybe you don't know. Okay, this is your challenge today is to call and find out. And maybe you're saying, yeah, well, we don't have any, but I'd be willing to help go get one. I just looked online and, you know, pretty much for 20, 25 grand, you can buy one, right? Now, maybe you know somebody at Cummins Diesel. Maybe you know uh, somebody at Ford. Maybe you know somebody at Duramax. I don't know. Like, right? You're listening right now. Maybe you know somebody at International. So just be thinking about this, right? Maybe you know somebody who builds ambulances or refits them or, I don't know, has one stashed away somewhere. We want it mobilized. Do not have that like grain in a barn waiting for a rainy day. It is a rainy day in Ukraine and they need ambulances. And so why wouldn't we help? Chris Manson um, is the person whom, you know, God inspired to do this and is now coming alongside, bringing the resources together. You know, God, God's got this. And so God's got Chris working on the front lines of this. And we want to come alongside and help as well. So let's get those resources mobilized in our communities across the country um, and get in touch with Chris Manson. He is the vice president of government relations at OSF Healthcare in Peoria, Illinois. But this is like a side gig now, sending ambulances to Ukraine. So, Chris, talk with us about your experiences in Ukraine. Um, and I'd love to know a little bit about whether or not maybe your daughter thinks, you know, you have a superhero cape, superhero cape now, you know, packed away somewhere. Well, I, well, I, I think my, my daughter has been pretty happy. The, the, the good thing is she got to help pack the first ambulance. When we got the first ambulance, we brought it to the house the first night and I had a garage full of supplies. So it was really cool. She got to help put the uh, supplies in the ambulance. And again, we're Catholic. So we've, we've had some religious medals that we um, put in a few different little locations to protect the, the crews and the uh, future patients. So she got to pick the locations of those, um, those medals and where we placed them and everything. So that was a really great connection for her. So um, she loved that. Um, and, and, you know, I just want to say, you know, you're asking, you know, what about my experiences and everything? And as I hear you ask your listeners to, to help out and uh, to get involved, I just got to tell you, it's been one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. And every single person that I talk to, when they help or just to try to help, they come away with a smile on their face. And I think they do come away closer to God. I mean, I, I got to tell you, um, ProMedica out of Ohio sent an ambulance. And, 
um, we they basically we were talking about well okay do we have to take um, you know when they when an ambulance is out it has what's called a wrap around it which has the company's logo on it and stuff like that and like do we have to take that off I'm like no you can keep it on and I said in fact if you want with a pin you can write messages you know of hope or goodwill to the people of Ukraine so that you know you can kind of it's almost like a, a an ambulance that's a, a kind of a hallmark card kind of thing you can write on it and we can send that over well. ProMedica took that to like three or four of their hospitals and had their employees write all over this ambulance. I got to I got to drive that ambulance and literally we drove it from mm. um, from Poland into Kiev. And every time we would stop, people would look and if they were Ukrainian, you know, they're Ukrainian. If they if they spoke English, you see them start to smile or clap or cheer. And then they if they translated to, the, to some of the messages to the people that didn't speak English, and then they would smile and laugh and cheer. And when we finally stopped and we delivered it, I had men, women, adults in this, you know, in Ukraine that have been, in, you know, basically in a war for the past several months, reading these messages on this ambulance, touching it with their fingers, you know, touching the messages like they were touching the people in the United States that wrote them. And it brought tears to your eyes. And it was just a very moving experience. And I was able to share some of that stuff with the people in, um, in ProMedica, or I was able to share other images with other people that had donated. And, you know, it, it's just this feeling that you get knowing that, yeah, I mean, it's a very small, you know, one ambulance, 20 ambulances in a, in a war between Russia and Ukraine is a small thing. But it's it's that connection, that, that humanity between, you know, people, uh, you know, across the world that, you know, one part suffering and you're doing something to help. It's just incredibly moving. And, and I got to tell you, um, I was very hesitant when I started with this whole, hey, I have a very crazy idea. But, you know, I, I, after doing this for the past few months, um, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Um, we run into a roadblock. I ask for something, pray for something before dinner. You know, we just kind of add it into the, to the mix when we're, you know, saying the blessing before dinner. And I'll be darned if I don't get a call in 15 minutes or an email and the next day. Um, I mean, I work for a Francis. I work for a Franciscan Health System. My, the sisters are Franciscan Order. We were looking for ventilators. Those are the, the the pieces of equipment that help people breathe when they're incredibly critically injured and they can't breathe on their own. Was looking for them. Put a call out in general um, across the country. I need ventilators. Out of the blue, a few days before I'm getting ready to go to Ukraine, I get a message from another Franciscan Health System in Louisiana saying, "Hey, we have ventilators. Do you need any?" Hmm. And so, you know, now we've got, you know, um, I've got eight ventilators out there breathing for people in Ukraine that otherwise wouldn't have had um, machines to breathe for them to get them from critical to hopefully stable and then hopefully better. Chris, you are, um, I understand, a veteran of the U.S. Marine Corps Reserve. So thank you for your service. Um, tell us uh, what you did with your body armor and your helmet before you came home. Oh, well, so when I left the the first trip, I, I the first trip I went, I brought a helmet and body armor and a first aid, you know, kind of a tactical first aid kit with me in because I didn't know what was gonna, you know, what I'd be experiencing. And as I left, obviously, I thankfully I didn't need, didn't need it for anything. But as I left, I left it with um, um, someone in uh, Rivna. Um, it was, and this older gentleman came to me. He goes, "Hey, I'm here for the body armor um, and the helmet." And this guy was had to be in his 60s, and I'm like is it for you? And he's like, well, no, I'm the president of the local university here, but my son is on the front line. So as soon as you, as soon as I leave here, I'm going to take this helmet, 
this uh, bulletproof vest and this first aid kit up to my son who's on the front line. And, and it, that's what it's like all the time. I mean, anything we bring, it goes to the front. Well, that's like the woman that you met. I, I feel like you met her on an airplane. She's like 18 years old, and she was <laughs> she was traveling to do something similar. Well, yeah. In fact, the Ukrainian people are great. They're God-fearing. Um, uh, you know, first of all, you, you go anywhere in Ukraine, and like I met with the firefighters, and like, hey, let us show you your, our chapel. I went into their to, to their to their um, kitchen, and there's and over their table is a picture of the Last Supper. Um, so. They're, they're very they're very much a family oriented and very much like I said a god fearing um, country, and when they knew I was going over, the Ukrainians kind of took me under their wing and said, "Okay, it's your first trip. We'll take care of you. We'll make sure everything's taken care of." And when I was talking to some people, um, someone said, "Hey, would you mind though kind of escorting my 18 year old daughter who's who's going over to Ukraine for the second time?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, no no problem. What's going on?" And what they were doing is her brother. Um, was on the front lines in some part of Ukraine fighting, didn't have a helmet, didn't have a bulletproof vest. So the family and others in in, in Chicago and the um, uh, United States bought a bunch of helmets and, and Kevlar vests. And this 18-year-old girl was bringing several duffel bags or sea bags full of helmets, first aid kits, and Kevlar vests by herself. And then she was going to meet up with, an, with a grandfather who would pick her up in Poland. And her and her grandfather were going to take a bus into Ukraine. And then at some point, she was going to move on to the front by herself and deliver the helmet and the flak jacket to her brother. So I kind of helped – or I, I went with – I kind of went with them through the – you know, from the United States into Poland and helped get through stuff through uh, customs and everything. And then, But, yeah, I mean, it's that's the kind of – those are the kind of people that we're working with. It's I mean, it, they're just amazing. Chris, what's the best way for people to um, to get in touch with you? You know, I think um, they can go ahead and get uh, in touch with me at the, that Twitter uh, handle you you used, Perfect. or they could actually even just send me an email. Um, I am at Christopher M as in Michael dot Manson M A N S O N at osfhealthcare.org. All right. Um, I will put that in my socials for you, or you can text me. You guys know that drill if you want to get directly in touch with Chris Manson. Um, Chris, thank you so much. We're praying for you. We're with you. Um, and we look forward to uh, you know hearing an update in the future. Well, thank you so much. I can't tell you how uh, happy I am to be able to share it with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You guys on Twitter at ambulances, plural, and the letter U, ambulances, U. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way, you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.